Welcome back here on a Friday afternoon, ready to wrap up the weekend, hoping that everybody listening has some fun plans for the weekend. Um, but thank you for tuning in to the second show of MVP Rentals podcast. Uh, we have a guest here with us today, Adam Osloos. Um, he is a great resource for tax deferral. Um, if you don't know what that term means yet, that is okay. Adam is well in depth, has a long career of this, and he's going to break it down very granular so you'll be able to know exactly uh, what def tax deferral services are and how they can work and help you um, protect your assets, protect your money. So, um, like I said, Marcus Proberg here with the podcast, but I want to send it over to Adam. Um, I just want to start out with asking Adam a little bit background of what got him to this point um, in his career, because I know we talked a little bit on the first show, everybody's path is different, um, and I am always intrigued with what do people do, what are the steps they take to get to where they're at in their career. Um, so I'm going to send over to Adam. I'm going to leave it open-ended. Um, what got you to this point where you are uh, the tax deferral expert? Yeah, well, Marcus, first of all, I want to say thank you uh, for inviting me here to the podcast. I you know, look forward to a, a discussion today to help um, share some insights on uh, unique tax strategies that can help um, your listeners um, that have real estate or other appreciated as asset transactions um, really uh, gain access to uh, strategies that can um, help them maximize their their transaction or their their asset sale um so which is a little bit about my background an important piece for people that that do own the assets and um i know when we first connected that was one thing that you brought to my attention there's a lot of people that um, when they think of real estate they think of all right i'm going to buy a lot of assets i'm going to manage them we're going to get tenants in we're going to do all these things but there's a whole different side of it which is where you come in and you help them protect that that financial asset that they have. Yes, yes, that's correct. So, you know, there's obviously the, the cash flow components of real estate and appreciation, and it's a great, great investment. Um, a lot of people do 1031 exchanges, so we'll get into that a little bit as mm -hmm. well, um, and how uh, what I offer are alternative solutions, more flexible in that case. Um, so uh, I guess to start, though, my background has always been in real estate in some way, shape, or form. Um, believe it or not, I went to uh, uh, college, my undergrad, and it was pre-med. Uh, ended up with a biology pre-med and a psychology minor and a religion minor out of uh, Carroll University in Waukesha. Oh, awesome. Um, from there, yeah, from there, I don't know how, but I ended up in finance. So I was in the mortgage industry for years. Uh, from there, um, I got into real estate development, had a real estate development company, um, had a residential construction company, and then 2008 happened, right? Yep. So I had several million in real estate. I had the construction going on. Um, it was a pretty volatile time, but I was um, fortunate enough and resilient enough to escape that entire situation without any marks on my credit. Um, was able to get rid of all the properties um, without you know any negative effect on my credit and. Um, moved on from residential construction uh, to commercial construction. Um, from there, I sold that business in 2010, 
And I actually sold that business on an installment sale. So we'll get into that in a little bit. That's an important part that we'll, I'll come back to. Yeah. Um, that's, that's where a lot of my passion comes from is that particular asset sale. Uh, and then from there, I went and got my master's degree and I got, uh, uh, an executive MBA from the University of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the Lubar Business School, uh, graduated uh, with honors there, and then uh, ended up, um, it was kind of a weird time in the employment marketplace, and ended up in uh, getting a job at Merrill Lynch. Now all of a sudden I'm in financial services. So uh, that was kind of interesting. Um, I went from a Merrill Lynch to then a Ameriprise, and then I started learning about these different tax strategies and my entrepreneurial spirit cannot be denied. Um, I'm on business number seven and eight right now. That is awesome. And yeah, I've made some mistakes down the road and I've made money and, and I've had regional businesses that were successful and provided a lifestyle. And I've had other ones that, you know, you learn and, um, you know, they didn't really go anywhere. Uh, but at this time, um, I, I'm true, truly independent um, and I own a wealth management company on the Charles Schwab platform, and then I own um, Tax Deferral Services, which is my tax consulting company. And really the main focus of today's conversation is what do I provide clients from a advanced tax planning standpoint? So that's, that's really my, my background uh, with a thousand foot view for you. All right, that's it. That's the simple background of Adam. That is, that is awesome to hear. There's so much to unpack that I wish the show was two hours long that I could ask you questions about all of that. But um, one thing that I really liked about um, the first part that you were talking about was um, how you went into undergrad thinking one thing and your career took you in a different direction. We touched on that in the first show where um, like I, I did psychology and business, had no aspirations of going into real estate, but uh, got a little taste and then fell into it. So um, it seems like your path was kind of the same. You went into it in one direction and your your path just led you to where you're at right now, which is awesome, and you hit it with stride, it sounds like. Um, and then I also want to thank you for um, talking about the failures on it. Um, there's a lot of people that think people start businesses and it takes off, and this is the, the end-all, be-all of um, business and starting your company, and there's no struggles, but you don't really see behind the scenes of the struggles and the failures and the the shots to the shin that you take as you're going along this path. So um, I think that's really important for people, and I think it's going to empower people to, to get out and try things and, um, yeah, try new things and see if they stick. Um, so thank you for that one. I appreciate that. And hopefully viewers yeah, absolutely. find that valuable as well, uh, not just in the business yeah, world but in their personal lives as well. I think that's a, a key component to, to understand that not everything's going to be a success I know people think that everything on Instagram is the real world, but there's a lot of things behind the scenes that happen. Absolutely. I mean, that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's this personal growth, right? You're either going to get educated formally uh, yep. through different programs, or you're going to have certain mentors and not everybody is fortunate enough to have mentors that can right. help them. Otherwise you're going to learn by doing and failing. Yep. Um, so either you're going to learn from your successes, you're going to learn even more from your failures um, and uh, we'll talk about a significant, um, you know, period of my life that has really driven me into what I do today, uh, primarily to protect people from a significant 
a situation that happened in my business past when I sold my commercial construction company. I can't um, wait to, so to unpack that one. Yeah, um, absolutely. We'll get into it. Yeah, absolutely. So we are going to jump into more of um, the the proactive approach here, who you help, how you help them, uh, those kind of things. So the, what I'm going to start out with is just the first question of who can you help? Who are who, What are the type of clients that you take on that you can help manage assets for? Yeah, so um, I... I help um, really any any um, U.S. citizen um, that has to abide by um, IRS guidelines, right? I can do business in any state in the U.S., and I have many clients throughout the U.S. Uh, the typical client um, that I work with is somebody that is going to be selling an appreciated asset. And an appreciated asset, in essence, all that means is if you've purchased an asset for a certain price, and now it's worth more money than you paid for it, mm -hmm. uh, that's an appreciated asset. So that could typically be a piece of real estate. It could be a business and business interests. Um, it could be market-type investments, um, non-market-type investments. Um, and those are the type of people I help, right? I help them deal with the tax consequences like capital gains and other state taxes that happen when you're selling that asset. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's typically who I help. Um, usually anybody, and this is just a rule of thumb, but it's, a, it's just a guideline, but anybody that has a $75,000 tax liability or greater, um, they need to talk to me because I can help them. Yeah, and is that something that um, if, they, if they think they're on the bubble or they just genuinely have no idea if they do, are those the people that you'd be able to help um, understand if they do or are above or behind? underneath that threshold is that something that yeah, you can kind so of walk them through yeah absolutely so honestly it's a quick call to me it's four or five different questions i would ask and then i can either say look i, I really think we should do a deeper dive and uh, get more information but i think i think you're somebody that i can help um but you know if i de quickly determine that there may not be as big of a tax liability as they think or if it's just a smaller transaction um then I would just say my advice, um, you know, as a fiduciary advisor, I am a licensed fiduciary. I'd say my advice is, you know, pay the tax and just invest wisely um, if it is a smaller transaction. Um, so I always want to make sure that there is an economic benefit uh, for any of the tax structures and planning work that we do. And obviously, um, obviously there's fees to get things going and, and actually do this work. Uh, so that's why that seventy-five thousand uh, tax liability or greater is is really just kind of a guideline. Um, keep in mind, though, I, I have a seventy-year-old client that has a bunch of you know fifty, sixty thousand dollar homes up to maybe one hundred and fifty. And if you looked at one transaction, I would say no, it doesn't work for that transaction. But he's actually liquidating all his properties right now, top of market. And when you look at that, it's you know, 1.5 million total, yeah. then it makes sense when you look at the full picture. Yeah, the whole so use that as a guideline, but it's not a steadfast rule. It's just a good guideline. Okay, awesome. Yeah, and the one thing that you touched on, and I don't want to spend too much time on it, but um, I know it's a, a key piece that uh, not everybody uh, follows or is in that, that threshold, I guess, but you said you act as a fiduciary. 
Can you quickly just touch on the difference between a fiduciary and the alternative? Because I know that's one thing that kind of gets looked over in terms of who is managing your money. Right. Yeah. So as a la- so as a licensed advisor, I I, I carry a f- uh, fiduciary license. Basically, in a the most simple way to break that down is I always w- work in the best interest of my clients. So that is the number one thing I think of at all times, right? What are the client's goals? What's going to financially benefit them? What's going to benefit their goals? Um, and that is at the forefront. Um, and then even when I operate on my tax consulting company, that same mindset is still there. Um, I still I still give uh, tax consulting and planning advice, um, always what's in the best interest, interest of the client. Um, that's why I have multiple solutions and I just don't offer one product and just push a product. Right. That's not what I do. It's, it's truly tell me what you're trying to accomplish and then let me do the plan to help you and empower you to achieve your desired outcomes and benefits. Right. And that's really, that's the, really the role I play as a fiduciary. Advisor. Yeah. I mean, it is key when you're talking about um, bigger assets and uh, bigger tax liability when it gets up to that point. Uh, if you know the person uh, like yourself is working in your best interest rather than a commission based where they'll put you in whatever whatever segment that works best for them to make more money off of your money, it's a completely different feel. So uh, that's one thing that I liked when I first was introduced to you is uh, that you do operate from that level um, and it makes it a lot more smooth and a lot, I mean, safer in my mind to know that things are going to get taken care of the right way, not just the best way for the other company, I guess. Right. I mean, besides ethically, just it's the right thing to do, right? right? Being a good person, it's the right thing to do. But when you have a license, then you have regulators that say you have to do this or you're liable, right? (laughs) So um, that extra layer of protection is very important. Um, I typically would advise anybody to know who they're dealing with. And if they're getting advice, and advice from a licensed fiduciary is typically what you w- would want to seek out. Right. And that's, I believe, an acceptable question to ask if you are going in to have somebody manage your money. Ask them if they operate that absolutely. way. Absolutely. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to bring it to the forefront and let people know that that is an okay question to ask. Because um, at the end of the day, uh, it is your money, and I think it should be protected. So getting into the financial side of it, um, I wanted to ask you – can you, in layman's term, let the audience know uh, the difference between a tax deferral and a tax elimination? Because I believe it is yeah. two, two separate things. We just want to make sure that we're clear on, on what your goal is or, or how you operate. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as far as some of the tax strategies that I help clients implement, and really just educate them about and give them the resources that that are needed to put these things in place. Um, I offer uh, a couple different versions of tax deferral. And basically what that means is you're agreeing to pay the government down the road, right? You're deferring it until later. um, So you're not eliminating the tax, um, which I have strategies that can do that. Um, But tax deferral um, is – you might sell an asset today, but you might pay tax in 10, 20, 30 years down the road, right? Mm-hmm. If you have a tax elimination strategy, 
you might sell an asset today, <clears throat> you might have a tax liability, but if we're able to um, absolutely eliminate that tax, um, that's a pretty powerful, um, you know, benefit that absolutely. clients can can obtain. So yeah, absolutely, and that that's kind of leading into something else that I wanted to dive into. Uh, when a client comes to you and says, "I've got this portfolio," um, this is what I'd like to see. This is where I want things to go. How do you know, or what are some things that you look at to say, hey, this is your best option, or these are your three best options? Like, how do you guide them down the path that is best for them? Uh, and what are some key takeaways that you you use to know, yeah, this is going to be your best option? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really just asking questions. So um, I, there's three main strategies that I utilize. Um, two are installment sales structures that will defer tax. Um, one, I use a, a partnership LLC structure. Um, these 453, and when I say 453, that's the IRS tax code 453, uh, the installment sales code. Um, I utilize that tax code um, to defer tax in an LLC entity um, anywhere from 10, 20, 30 years down the road uh, when they're selling an asset. Um, there's another version of a 453 cash at close, which includes a lender that will actually lend and issue a tax-free loan at close. So in that transaction, you're walking away with cash. And then the most popular, by far the most popular here in 2020, um, is a very unique pension structure that is very similar to a Roth IRA. Um, and that one actually allows a tax-free treatment starting at the age of 50. So because you can defer tax in the pension on an asset sale, and then it is eliminated with the tax-free treatment at age 50, that, that is why I'm calling it a tax elimination strategy. So those are the three main, um, I guess I would say, most commonly used strategies uh, that most of my clients take advantage of. That's awesome. And I, I wish, like I said, the show was a lot longer because we could ask thousands of questions of each of those uh, tax codes that you offer. And you could probably go on and on and give the audience the exact detail of it. But just wanted to give you a little, the audience, a little tidbit of, of what those packages are that you offer. You talk a lot about your clients who are on the sales side of the transaction. Is there a way that you can help people who are right now thinking, all right, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start a business. I'm going to buy this asset. Can I call Adam right now? Is this something I can set up on the front end to front load the work where when I go to exit, all this stuff is planned all at once? Is that a good timeline for you to help a client? Yeah, so here, here's the beauty of what I do. Um, it works on the buy side and it works on the sell side, on the exit side. So if you are a buyer, then you can leverage me and what I do, and it can help you negotiate lower acquisition price on the asset. Um, at the end of the day, if, if, if I can help the seller um, mitigate or eliminate 30 40% you know, tax liability on the deal, we're putting 30 to 40% more money in the seller's hand at close. So that often I'm sure you don't get a lot of pushback to, on that one. 
Not at all. And we've had success doing that on the acquisition side. I had an Illinois private equity group that had a $5 million purchase. And they basically got their entire deal cemented and letter of intent and all that done. And at the very end, they said, hey, look, would you be willing to give us a 7% discount if we can introduce somebody to you that can help eliminate 100% of the tax liability that you're going to have from the sale? So they said yes. They introduced me. And they got a 7% lower acquisition price. And the sellers actually ended up walking away with more money than the full price offer. So everybody won on that situation. You have to love win-win situations. And it's got to feel good to be able to come in and offer those win-win situations. I'm really a problem solver, Marcus. It's finding creative ways to leverage what I do to help get deals done and to help benefit every single person in the transaction. So that's a real fun part of my job. I love problem solving, and I'm really good at that part of it. And it makes the job interesting every day. Yeah, I can definitely see how it would be interesting. Every situation is different. Every asset is different. And every client's needs are different. So it keeps it interesting for you, I'm sure. And the one thing you touched on, you can work both sides of a deal, correct, to help both? You know, I can work in the best interest of the seller and the buyer, right? You know, at the end of the day, it's helping the two parties come together and doing what's in everybody's best interest. Yeah, so if you get a buyer who listens to this podcast or got referred on to you, that buyer can go give your contact to the seller. You can help the seller at the same point. But there is, from what I understand, a timing thing. You do need to get in before the deal is started, correct? One of the most important parts of our podcast discussion today is if you want a tax benefit, you have to have the tax structure in place before the sales transaction happens. It has to be before. And the best business practice is to get a hold of me as soon as there's a serious letter of intent on that sale for real estate or a business. And then it usually takes me anywhere from two weeks to three weeks, depending on how much education needs to be done. Obviously, there's a lot of validity portion of what I do and making sure everybody knows everything I do is legal and safe. All the structures leave my clients in control of their asset, which is a very important part. So once we get past all the due diligence, all the education, then I go into the implementation phase, which typically takes me about a week to week and a half to put all the planning structuring in place. That is great. And I appreciate you getting into that one because I know timing is important. So I'm glad you took it that way and made it known the good time to get you involved in it so everybody gets things that they want. And you can create that win-win environment that you're desiring for your clients. And the other thing that you touched on that I wanted to get into and ask just a quick question about it, on the legal side of it, there are things that you do to make sure that their structures are sound, they're legal, everything is in the right frame. You also help to make sure that they would be 
safe on an audit, correct? Yeah, so um, I'm a tax consultant, so I'm not, I'm not the uh, uh, tax attorney or the CPA, so I don't give the legal or tax advice, but uh, Tax Deferral Services uh, tax team is made up of some of the nation's uh, you know, highest ranked CPAs. Um, you know, my mentor actually ran KPMG's corporate office for 20 years, and they've been independent doing basically all the, all the structures that I offer um, have been passed down from him. Um, he's been is ranked as high as top 10 in the U.S. So um, I have real powerful CPAs, knowledgeable guys and gals, and uh, tax attorneys that specialize in the very niche tax solutions that I am involved with. So um, we definitely protect the clients from audit risk by doing things the right way. Um, the pension strategy actually comes with a legal letter of opinion. There's different IRS, you know, general counsel memorandums and different things that um, basically tell the client, look, we, we just follow IRS tax code and US tax law, and we will do exactly what those rules and laws tell us that we can do. And that's just part of the education process. So um, if you're looking into any type of strategy like this, make sure the providers have very reputable um, legal and tax advice and really back that up. Um, all of our attorneys back up their advice with their malpractice insurance. Everybody has errors and mission insurance that backs up their advice. So my team is, is very solid and, and that's, that's really an important part of any tax plan because at the end of the day, nobody wants an audit. They're never fun, they're expensive and um, everything we do is done to make sure we're avoiding any type of risks um, on the IRS audit side. Yeah, and it is very important and uh, that's why I just kind of wanted to ask a question, touch on it and get your perspective on it. Um, obviously people want to know that one, their money is secure and that they're doing it the right way. So um, thanks for expanding on that one. Yeah, that's, that's the only way we'll do it. If, it. if it isn't by the book and if it isn't by the letter of the laws, then we're, we're, not, we're not doing the business. That's great to hear. I'm sure it's reassuring for the audience who's thinking about taking advantage of this to know that that is where, where your goals are and that's how you operate. Um, moving on to the next, we're going to switch gears a little bit here. I wanted to talk about, we talked about kind of the, the successes, what it is, the background, all that. But there are probably some people out there that are still a little skeptical, a little on edge about not a lot of people do this, or I don't hear a lot of people doing this. I guess there's a better way to say it. I don't hear it. Um, I don't, no one's told me that that's how they do it. And I'm sure you've seen or heard people say that to you. What would you say from from your professional background, the most common misconceptions or um, what people don't know or hesitations with either a tax elimination or a uh, tax deferral standpoint? Yeah, um, that, that's a good question. I hear it every day. Adam, it's too good to be true. This, there's no way. This is, you can, there's no way you're gonna be able to get me these outcome and, outcomes and benefits. So that's the immediate knee jerk. And you know, that's, that statement 
is there for a reason. Usually if it sounds too good to be true, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the case of the different tax planning strategies that I offer, um, we then educate. A lot of times my tax team will educate CPAs and other tax attorneys that are not specialists. So you might have a CPA or tax preparer that says, I've never heard of this. Don't do it. Just pay your taxes. Well, of course, they're giving the safe answer because they're not educated. So that's been a challenge um, that we have to get past uh, through the education process. Um, and I always say to clients, you know, if you, you know, if you if you need a, to get a surgery on your brain, you're not going to go to the dentist, right, and ask advice on on brain surgery. So I hope not. Make sure, yeah, make make sure you're going to a true specialist. The the people that I have on my tax team have years of experience, um, 40 years experience in, in the case of my mentor of doing the structure successfully, um, no audit, no negative audit results as far as the CPM talking about in his entire uh, career doing these structures. Uh, on the pension side, we deal with plan administrators that are uh, the best of the best as well as tax attorney that's never had any negative audit results. So um, that's just that's just part of it, right? Part of the yeah. implementation process is making sure that clients are educated. And once you're educated, then the knee jerk that's too good to be true doesn't exist. And we're able to overcome the, the fear of, is this legal? Is this safe? Is this, you know, something that I should be doing with significant in many cases, significant dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's cases that I work on that are um, substantial size. Yeah, and it's what when I talked to you the first time, I know you shared the misconceptions of this can't be legal. There's no way that you can do what you do. Um, so I know that I've felt it. You've expressed it, which I mean leads me into my next question: Are you able to share any of those success stories or deals that you have going on? just to show people that this does happen. People take advantage of these every day. Are you able to share that with some yeah. of the viewers? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I think a really good success story from last year um, is, and, and this is timely because of the, the, the COVID virus, is um, I had a deal I worked on for almost two years. That was a hotel sale, $34 million in Indianapolis. And um, we we're doing tax planning early, early on. Uh, my client actually only owned 46% of the hotel and his partner, his older partner owned the rest. Um, the problem is right when they were gonna list it and sell it in 2018, his partner was diagnosed with fast acting terminal cancer. Unfortunately, his partner did pass away about six months later. Um, and this created an, a whole nother uh, set of issues for my client. Um, now, all of a sudden, he has an estate. He has an 80-year-old widow and a bunch of sons and grandkids as business partners. Um, and they got to step up in basis at death, so they don't have any tax concerns if they sell, but my client does. Um, some of the parameters on that particular one that would have prevented a sale were we had issues with multi-owners with different goals, I was able to solve that that problem. We had a bunch of debt on this hotel. I think there was 18 million of debt 
on the hotel, but they've owned it since the 1980s, so there was zero basis on that hotel, which created a debt over basis situation, which is a term that basically means you have debt that's more than what you've uh, got into the property, and that's a taxable situation. So all those factors, basically, were going to prevent that hotel from being sold. Uh, the end result is the hotel actually did sell December 20, uh, December 20th of 2019. Um, the widow in the state got to sell just a conventional sale. My client got to sell through my tax strategy. He was able to save um, and defer $4.6 million total. If he would not have done the tax planning, he would have walked away with a little less than $1 million. So significant difference for him. Just a little And bit. then if you look at today's environment, what would have happened if the hotel didn't sell? Hotel has been hit tremendously. Hospitality sector has been hit because of COVID virus. Yep. That $34 million hotel might be worth $15 million right now. So the fact that I got that thing done, not knowing what the future holds, we took all of the risk out of the deal um, for potential, uh, you know, business risk and market value risk. And we were able to help that particular group, um, benefit in a substantial way, you know, looking back on it, it, it's probably one of the biggest uh, successes I've had in 2019 that I'm, that I'm very proud of. Yeah. With all those moving pieces, I would say that's a pretty big success story. Um, and just off just a tangent, when you met with your client, was there some skepticism? Was there some hesitation just to make it a real life, real life situation? Did you get any pushback yeah, that like that? Yes, that same, that same client um, wanted to make sure that everything was um, legal. You know, I provided, you know, once clients engage with me, everything is 100% open book. So I've provided all the, you know, tax code and, and, um, general council memorandum um, information. We had his CPA talk directly with my tax team and they had that very detailed conversation about tax code and tax doctrine and, you know, all the stuff, all the legalese, right? I let them do that. Um, and after that process was done, there was a comfort level that was formed uh, between the CPAs and, and my tax team. And from there, it was really just implementing the structure and making sure that I was helping him deal with, you know, the, the estate and the widow and helping her understand that she could have a sale that was just a normal transaction, right? She wasn't involved in our tax planning, only he was. And once we got past that challenge, she allowed the hotel to be sold because she was the majority owner. Um, and like I said, um, looking backwards, that was an absolutely pivotal moment to sell that property at, you know, the highest amount that it will probably see in the next few years, uh, just because of current market situations in the, in the pandemic. Yeah. Timing is everything and timing is more important now with everything that we're going through. So yeah, that was a timely transaction. That's, that's great. Uh, and it was very cool to see, uh, from start to finish, we've got a potential client, we've got some hesitation, the ability for your team 
to talk with their CPAs, their legal team, open book to make sure everything is clarified, uh, everything's legal, everything's on the book is, I'm sure, very important for any listener that's trying to look into doing something like this. Letting them know, hey, talk to my team. My team is here to, to give you all the information you need. We want to make sure that you are taken care of, you know what you're getting into, and you know it's safe. So thank you for expanding on that one. Yeah, it, it's a it's standard process over here at, at Tax Deferral Services. I always wrap in and include the client's professional advisors. So they're always part of the conversation. I always recommend that they get that independent third-party advice. Um, and a lot of times, like I said, we're going to have to get them educated um, about the niche tax structures we do. Um, it's not something that every... CPA or, or even tax attorney uh, does on a regular basis. Uh, so in that collaboration is where the power is, right? We, we yep. just all create a professional ecosystem around the client so that we have uh, ability to then produce and achieve all the desired outcomes and benefits that that client is looking for. Yeah, exactly. And it, it sounds like you hit that exactly how you wanted to. So that is great to hear. Thank you for that success story. Uh, I think it gave a good insight, a good personal insight to to what you do and how you help people and uh, a start to finish look at at what you do. So just want to say thank you for sharing that one. Um, the last thing I want to I want to wrap this up. I know we're we're coming up on about 45 minutes here on the show. So want to keep a little bit short, but I don't want to end the show without letting people know how they can get a hold of you. So Adam, what is the best way for people who want to use your services, learn more about you, to get a hold of you? Yeah, so the, I think one of the easiest ways to educate yourself about what I do is to go to the website. Um, there's a bunch of free content and other more detailed pieces of content that you can get access to. The website is pretty easy to remember. It's defernow.com. So that's defernow.com. Um, and that's just a wealth of knowledge out there. I'm adding content all the time um, on what I do. There's white papers. There's, you know, very easy to understand flyers that go through just concepts. Um, and if they want to call me directly, um, my office number is 414-269-2600. And feel free to shoot questions or maybe scenarios that you, you have in, a, in an asset sale. Uh, email is adam at defernow.com perfect perfect uh is there any other social media are you available on there if people want to follow and and get a, a live look at what you're doing in your day-to-day -day? yeah there's i mean i have i have the uh the linkedin page um under my name um adam oslos as well as the uh, uh facebook business page for tax deferral services um typically i post uh, a lot of the same information and blogs that you can find on the website on, under the resources tab. So whichever whichever source is your preferred media, uh, I guess, spot, um, feel free to check me out. Website, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, and obviously on this podcast. Yeah, and I, I just want to say thank you again for coming on the show. It is always fun to hear about the successes. Um, it's always an interesting topic when you start getting into the actual financial side of real estate or any asset that you have. 
Um, it's always fun talking to you. I appreciate your time, and I hope that some of the viewers uh, learned a little bit more about the financial side of how you can help them. Um, so thank you again for your time. Yeah, Marcus, I appreciate it. Thanks for in um, inviting me today. I enjoyed talking to you, and I'm looking forward to helping people. If you look on my website, every single page says helping people help others. That is true, the higher, the higher purpose and what really drives me. So if, uh, if talking to you today can help your listeners and I can help more people, um, that's what I'm here to do. Yeah, that's what we're all here to do. So I appreciate it. I feel like we're aligned there a lot. So um, just want to say thank you again. We will wrap it up here. Thank you for everybody listening. Thank you, Adam, for coming on, sharing your time with us, sharing the knowledge into our, uh, to our viewers. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to get out, enjoy our weekend, and we will be back with some more content, more guests. But, Adam, thanks again. Have a great weekend. You too. Thanks, Marcus. All right. Uh, that was Adam Oslus from Defer Now. Um, I've known him for years. I know he was one of the guests that I wanted to get on because he is so vital to anybody who is getting rid of, selling, or buying any sort of asset. Uh, we always talk about in real estate creating your, we picture as a table. Your table has four legs. The financial side of that table is very important and it is something that if you're in that realm with any assets, you're dealing with anything that could have some tax liability to know and get yourself educated with that financial background. Um, and I know that me being in it myself, I am not the financial expert. So you lean on those professionals that have that knowledge, that have that experience that can help you out, uh, which is why I felt it was so important to get Adam on the show uh, to talk about what he can do for uh, all of the viewers, all of those people out there that have those assets that are going through that situation or about to go through that situation. So felt like it was very important. Um, always a great time talking to him. But I'm going to wrap it up right now. We will let you get back to it. Thank you very much for your time listening to this. Hopefully you found some little nuggets of information that are useful in, in whatever facet you are working in, any industry that you're in. Um, hopefully you enjoyed the show. Hopefully it was a little entertaining. But I am signing off. Have a great weekend. 